Overcoming Trauma, How Yoga Helped Kathy White Through Grief and the Loss of a Child, on episode number 274 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Kathy White from KathyWhiteYoga.com. How important it was that even though my heart was still really sore, even though I was still recovering because it had been an emergency C-section, recovering from surgery, even though I just had a nine-month pregnancy, and that's quite a toll on the body for even a normal, healthy pregnant woman. All of that besides, the yoga gave me something that just woke me up and made me feel more alive. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. So pleased and privileged to have you join me here today as I come to you from the Loft Home Studio just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, speaking a good word into your life to help you to navigate through adverse life conditions and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can find me at drbradmiller.com and it's at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway where you can find out information about our courses and our coaching. Here in episode number 274 of Beyond Adversity, we're speaking with Kathy White from kathywhiteyoga.com, who found solace and healing in the practice of yoga after the tragic loss of her child. We have a great discussion about the benefits of yoga on your physical health, on your emotional well-being, on your spiritual life, and your cognitive thinking. Kathy was vulnerable, and she shared her journey with yoga and in how it led her to develop what she calls the joint renewal system. And she offers us tips, particularly for those people who are over 50 who are interested in trying yoga, and it could do so without fear. We also discussed the importance how, of how small amounts of movement can impact your present and future health. Kathy does share a story also about how yoga helped one of her students restore her back health and to achieve overall wellness. A lot of great stuff in this episode. Some key points we're going to talk about here are Kathy's journey with yoga after losing her child, how yoga is a practice to integrate the body, mind, and heart and spirit, the benefits of yoga for releasing tension and being present in the moment. And we're going to talk specifically about her joint renewal system, which you can find out about more details about at her website. This episode showcases the power of yoga as a tool for healing and growth and vitality. You could find her at kathywhiteyoga.com. She is today's guest 
on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Let's get into our conversation with Kathy White right now. Our special guest today is Kathy White. She is an expert in health and longevity, particularly when it comes to yoga, and particularly when it has to do with having vitality and good health for folks who are over 50, and she has the joint renewal system. Kathy, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Brad. Lovely to be here. Yes, great to speak with you today. Appreciate you joining us as we have quite a few folks in our listening audience and myself included who are over 50 and you develop certain challenges in life as we age and doesn't always have to mean that your life is over with, though, does it? What I mentioned talking to you about is a little bit about your life and your career and particularly what were some of the perhaps the challenges in life which led you to lean into yoga as a way of dealing some of those challenges in life? Leaning into yoga is a small way of putting it because really yoga was my lifeline. Okay. When when I was in my early 30s, I sadly lost a child. He was stillborn at birth, uh, died at birth. And that event, talking about adverse events, adversity, that was completely tragic, life-changing. I was grief-stricken and... The subsequent months after his death just froze, really. I didn't, I didn't trust my body. It had produced a dead child. I didn't trust life going forward that I could actually have another child. And I remember a friend of mine saying to me a few months in after Ben had died, saying, come on, Kath, I'm going to take you to a yoga class. And I was like, I don't have to. I didn't want to. I was. I'm too sad to do anything here. Yeah. And uh, but I went anyway. She, something she said sparked a light in me, and I went anyway. And sitting in that yoga class at the end of the class, I was just really struck with how present I'd been to my body for the first time in months since losing Ben, and how important that was how important it was that even though my heart was still really sore, even though I was still recovering because it had been an emergency C-section, recovering from surgery, even though I just had a nine-month pregnancy, and that's quite a toll on the body for even a normal, healthy pregnant woman. All of that besides, the yoga gave me something that just woke me up and made me feel more alive and was the beginning of an amazing journey of discovery and healing and growth. And then I subsequently trained as a yoga instructor. And yoga was, as I say, not just something I lent into, but it was a lifeline. It really pulled me back into life. Yeah. So it became not just something to do, it became consuming or part of who you are now. And obviously you teach yoga now and a part of this whole process here. and But it seems to me this is a part of a process where you were, and just help me out here, Kathy, you were in a bad place. You'd lost a child and there's almost nothing worse than that. I've, I've in my ministry, I've dealt with this situation a few times or people losing a child in the first couple weeks, few weeks of life. And they say the stress of that is just off the charts. It just because people in the throes of depression and 
not only postpartum, but all kinds of other, there's guilt involved, there's psychological issues, it can impact relationships with others, all kinds of things happened. And yet you chose to take this action and you mentioned a friend took you there. And so I would like for you to relate to our audience here then about what are some actions that you took initially to get yourself going involved with yoga and then what you continue to do. What I'm getting at are what are the things you actually have to take actions to do to make a change in your life, to get out of that mm. funk. Now, maybe you're working with people now who've got their own bad place to be. But what are some actions people can take related to this? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Brad. I think the thing was that it was a friend who took me. And I think just trusting that friends are there and to allow friends to give you guidance. Because I was stuck in my own little grief world it wasn't a little grief world it was a huge grief world it was all consuming and so for someone to actually come in and someone who I trusted and someone come in and say come on let's pull you out of this just for an hour just Mm -hmm. for or it was a 90 minute class I think just for a little while so really trusting that going out into the world and doing something different is part of the process and then the fact that yoga was my medicine as it were that was my healing journey for me I'd always been a meditator I always loved to just sit in silence and meditate and so I found that meditation was helping me through my grief process but what was really frozen was my body and I think people forget that when you go through a traumatic experience when you're going through adversity the body will freeze because you're in fight or flight or freeze mode. The body will get stuck. And so for me, this healing journey of really having a practice, which yoga is and Tai Chi Gung, those kind of more meditative movement practices to get the body flowing again, because we are 70% water. Hmm. We want to, we don't want to stagnate. That doesn't go well. Um, We want to keep everything flowing. And so for me, that was also really key about how yoga helped and addressed. So I'm hearing you say a key word here, I believe, Kathy, help me out if I'm wrong. Movement, the action of moving your body also helps connect with your mind and your healing forces of your coming through a, a drama and I'm assuming also this also is integrated with your like your spiritual life, your emotional life, your life in relationship with others. Is that a fair thing to say? That But a, a starting point is movement. Is that a fair a thing? Start, yeah, that's absolutely it. A starting point is movement. And I think there are lots of studies about how yoga helps with anxiety and depression for anyone, whatever adverse event that they've been through. Yeah, and there are other studies talking about movement, getting out and walking every day, walking in nature, just that simple kind of movement. If your listeners aren't drawn to yoga per se, just any kind of movement, just keep moving. Don't sit and stagnate. And the context of part of your work is for working with people over 50, people are aging. And I think there's a certain pertinence and relevance to this as well, that the tendency and kind of the stigma, as it were, is for people to, hey, you're retired, slow down. Hey, you're getting up there. Don't take a, don't take a physical risk. Don't 
fall down, don't get hurt or whatever it is. Can you say a word about how this bias towards movement is also important in aging properly with vitality or even longevity type of thing? Can you say a word about that? Yeah, I think it's really super important. And the the problem is, Brad, as I see it anyway, is that we live in this world, this Western culture that, that really emphasizes a kind of fitness movement, which is, which is hard, which is sometimes aggressive, which is so the average person who is slowing down in life, who is a little bit older, will look at, they say, I have to move. And then they see some big spin class at the gym or doing aerobics or going for a jog, a 5k jog every day, or like these really, what could be fairly extreme if you're fairly stationary, if you've had a desk job all your life and haven't done too much, then that kind of, you've got to move becomes like some extreme sport thing. And I would just say, no, you've got to move. You Actually, the amount of movement you need, like a 20 minute walk every day or a 10 minute walk every day is a lot for some people to do, but it's enough to keep that sense of movement in their body. I really encourage my students to come to me, like, don't think you have to do an hour of yoga a day, even five minutes, 10 minutes of doing a few poses, just getting into those joints is going to give huge benefits over time. If you think long in terms of longevity, if you think what you're doing now is going to impact in five years, in 10 years, it's going to make a huge impact in your future. And it doesn't have to be that much. Yeah. So it's a cumulative effect, I'm hearing you say. You've got to, if you do it and you keep doing it, it's going to get better and be more beneficial for you. And I assume also easier is one word, but at least you're more acclimated to doing if you're walking 20 minutes a day, the first time you do it, it might be hard, but about the six months into it, you're more acclimated to it. For sure. And then it becomes part of your daily routine. People don't, most people, I hope, don't think twice of brushing their teeth, right? Mm, so five right. minutes a day, every morning and evening, and brushing your teeth is what you do. Just stack five minutes of yoga onto that. You can do it standing up. You don't have to get a fancy yoga mat or equipment. Just a few poses, a few movements that that you can do, and it just makes all the difference. And then that consistency can be built on because once you've got a little bit happening, then you can grow. If it's five minutes, you can say, okay, I'll try 10 minutes today. You're touching on something I think... uh you may even touched on it inadvertently, but that is that a lot of people, when they think yoga, Kathy, they are intimidated by it. I know I am. I'll speak for myself. Uh, I've done a little bit of yoga as a part of an exercise plan. And after a while, I said, okay, I'd rather go back to lifting weights. This is more my personal thing. But uh, this, for some people, they think, oh, man, yoga, twisting myself up in knots and bending backwards and being like, whatever, Olympic gymnast or some of these folks on YouTube videos or whatever. That's not for me. So tell me how you can respond to that, how you can share something with that person, maybe like myself, who has that kind of a feeling. Yeah, I would say trying to erase all those images of Cirque du Soleil, (laughs) all those pretzel shapes. And unfortunately, yoga has been overridden by lithe, pretty 20 something year old very flexible young women and if yeah. you go on to if you go on to instagram or any of the social media channels and start looking for images of yoga 
that's what you'll yeah, see. That's part of what I'm doing. You're not going to see many Dr. Brad Millers doing that's yoga. Right. So, so it's hard. Two, I'm uh, 64 years old and 220 pounds. You just don't see guys like me doing a lot of yeah, yoga ever. Yeah. And if you come to my classes, I have certain classes sometimes where I've got eight guys in the room doing yoga. Awesome. And maybe three women. And one of those guys will be on Zoom and it's my 92-year-old father. Okay, awesome. Another of, the, another of those guys will be my 71-year-old husband. Wow. And <laughs> another of those guys is going to be my 67-year-old sailing buddy. Um, and So you're those- trying to break through. What you're sharing with me here, Kathy, is you're trying to break a pattern or break a understood norm by saying it doesn't have to be this way. It can be older guys, among others who can do yeah. this and find benefit from it and be a part of an overall vitality yeah. and aging program. Exactly, exactly. And I think the, the essence of yoga, Brad, is that we're, we're doing mindful movement. We're bringing awareness into the body. And that doesn't mean that you have to get into a trikonasana and you have to do this pose and you have to cross your legs and put your head behind, blah, blah, blah. All of that is just nonsense, because everyone can move their body. Everyone can do the yoga that I teach because you always teach in a position. Your starting position is a starting position that you have day-to-day functionality. It's not going to be difficult. If you can't get to the floor, we put you on a chair. If you can't lift your legs up, then we put your legs out on another chair. And there's always modifications. I tell you, if I can get my 92-year-old father to do some of these poses, then... (laughs) He's not going in. He's not a pretzel guy. He's not got spaghetti legs or anything like that. He's not unusual. He is stiff, regular, old body. But he manages to do because I bring the practice in and down and modify it to a starting place that he has already. He has that starting place. And then we just build and say, okay, that's your starting place. Where can you move to? I think it's awesome because otherwise people give up. They'll say, okay, this isn't for me. They'll just say, forget it all, move on to something else, or more uh, more often really, give up completely and not do anything and kind exactly. of descend into a malaise. Yeah. I often call it a malaise of how you do things. Let's talk about something. Yeah, to say to people, Brad, that it's not about the shape you take. It's about how you feel. So I'm getting people to be much more in tune with. So if they have a shoulder issue and I say, bring your arm up behind your head and they can't get all the way up, it's okay. Where is the range of movement and how does that feel? So really working with the feeling, not the external look. Yeah, awesome. I don't think folks often do when they think, when I think about yoga in terms of its image, is about its aspects about mind, body, spirituality, centeredness, these type of things. And tell me a little bit about that. How, if there a relationship between kind of a spiritual mode, a mind, body, emotional mode, how does that all work together, if at all, to help a person to move towards optimal health? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say on that is, that yoga is a spiritual practice that 
it's because it comes from India and the Hindu tradition. Like for some people, that's a little off-putting if that's not your tradition and that's not something you're familiar with. It's always a weird thing that they do. You know, there's weird words that they say and it's unfamiliar. But it is seen as a practice that helps integrate the body, the mind, the heart and the spirit as one. So that idea of being compliment to be complementary to any other religious or spiritual practice that you may have. If you're a Buddhist, you can do yoga. If you're a Christian, you can do yoga. If you're an atheist, you can do yoga. It's not necessary to see it as a religion. Mm -hmm. However, the spiritual component for me is that it connects you to your breath, to the moment to presence it awakens you to what's happening inside of you so that you can show up in the world as a kinder more generous more giving person and you're able to receive the world into your heart and engage uh, because you're not consumed with tightness or tension so your body is feeling happier you're not holding your breath because you've worked with your breathing patterns and that you're awake and alive because you when you spend an hour on your mat doing yoga you're practicing being present to everything that occurs and that to me is a spiritual practice being present to life as it happens and not off in the past or off in the future. So would you say then that this yoga could be a part of a physical practice or manifestation that can be a part of helping people to connect with a higher power or connect with something greater than self that could be a part of helping them feel more at one, at peace, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Can this be a part of that process? Absolutely. I think the root of the word yoga, Brad, is uh, connect to, to yoke. And we, our word yoke comes from the word yoga, but to connect, to join things together. In this world that we live in today, we're all, all over the place. We're all fragmented. We've got this going on, that going on. We're distracted. We've got social media blasting at us. We've got news feeds. Um, We've got our busy lives, our families, and it can get very distracted. And I think that's what when people turn to a higher power, a higher source, when they turn to spirituality, they want all of that to settle. And I think yoga is an amazing, excellent practice for joining with all the different fragments of ourselves and bringing together as one. And that, for me, is then you're accessing that greater one, that higher power, as you describe it. Yeah, I think it's important. It's part of the holistic approach to health in the sense of you can't really be truly wholly healthy unless you have a your physical health, whether it's getting over a cold or surgery like I had recently, or and then you connect up with your emotional well-being with other people. And then your spiritual life is a part of that, too, as well as your cognitive, your mental thinking, you have to think about things. And so I'd really like to talk to you for a second here a little bit about the cognitive piece or the piece about how we implement this. If we wanted to make yoga a part of our life? How do we strategically implement this? How do we make it a part of who we are? Because I think what I'm hearing you say is that particularly for people over 50, if you make this a part of your life, it can help. It can help you have more vitality 
in life. So let's talk for a minute about how you would implement this. What kind of habits, what kind of processes, what kind of practices that you teach and what you advocate that are part of things. And this might be where we want to talk about your joint renewal system. I know that's where a lot of people get the trouble as they get older is their joints. Practices, habits, processes. That's where I'm going now. Sure. No, good point. Because if listeners are, oh, maybe yoga needs a rethink. Maybe yoga is something slightly different than what I've seen on Instagram. Then I would say first thing is find a teacher, find two teachers, find three teachers, keep going and go and practice with various different teachers. Don't land on one. Don't say, oh, it's it's useful if a friend is going to a yoga class already and they say, oh, come along with me. It's great. Go to that. And you may love that first teacher and that's it. You're done. You're hooked. But Don't be shy to go to a class, try it out, go to another class, try it out, try it out online, try it out in person and find your style, your preference, your way of working. I would say for most people over 50, probably those stronger yogas like power yoga, fast yoga, hot yoga, Ashtanga, Iyengar, they can be quite strong practices. So look for something that's maybe more gentle. Yin is the word that's often referred to or restorative is often because by the time we're 50, we often do have injuries or surgeries that we need to manage. And also be aware of the age of your yoga teacher. If they're just a young 20-something-year-old student, recently graduated yoga teacher themselves, when a 50-year-old person comes into the room or a 60-, 70-year-old person comes into the room, they might not have that much experience or wisdom or in ways in which they can instruct you, especially around modifications. An older student, teacher will have that experience in their body because they will have had their own injuries and accidents and surgeries, and they'll be in an older body. They'll know what it feels like to have creaky joints. And, and then just see whether it fits or not. And don't be shy to not come back and go to another class, not come back and go to another class. We live in a world where yoga is so readily acceptable, accessible these days. Like every town, city, whatever, will have at least one, if not a hundred yoga studios. So the idea and, is find a uh, class, find a teacher and go. And, tr- tr- and go. Try, check it out. Find right? a class, find a teacher, check it out. See how you like it. If you don't like it, go to another one. If you don't like that, go to another one. Because you'll see that they're all widely different. The teachers are different. And it's really important that you build that relationship between your teacher and you. Because you're basically putting your body into their care for that hour and trusting that they're going to guide you into moves that are going to benefit you. Are there viable online options for this or is that not preferable? I think I do teach online. And when I have a new student come on, I try and meet with them beforehand so I can discuss what are the things going on in their body so that I'm really careful. And when I teach online, I look at my students. And this is also something to check out if you do choose the online option. I don't have my students look at me. So I'm not on screen demonstrating poses. 
I'm on screen. You just see my head. I'm just looking at you on, and you've got your camera on your body. And so I can refer to you, to what you're doing and tell you oh. and correct you and modify it and everything else. So it's a, it's a different, and that really helps the mindfulness piece of it too, because a student can just close their eyes and listen to me. They don't need to keep looking at what's Kathy doing and how do I do that? And their mind is very much in their own practice. That sounds very engaged and engaging as well as personal in that matter. And that's a good thing. But regarding classes, I'm going to ask you a silly question because I'm just curious about this one. In my area, there was a promotion not too long ago about, I think it was called goat yoga. Is that a thing? There is goat yoga, there's high-heeled yoga, there's yoga on paddle boards. There's yo People are doing yoga all over the place. It's become, okay. that is a thing. Right. It's a thing. I thought, it's surely, a, I thought somebody was making something up and being silly and dumb or whatever. Okay. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is that there's all kinds of, I don't know, nuances. You might say gimmicky. I don't know if you would or not. There's Oh, I definitely of, say gimmicky. Different <laughs> yeah, ways of doing it. Gimmicky is a good word. <laughs> but yoga is one of the things that came to mind. So yeah. let's talk yeah. about let's talk about the payoff now or how it, the results are to, results happen for people. And I'd like you to speak about maybe changes or testimonials or anything you've seen in some of the folks that you've worked with and are seen, you know, either maybe even you, in yourself. You've mentioned that a little bit. But particularly you've worked with, what kind of changes have you seen happen to people who have made a bit of a commitment to come to the classes and said, this is a part of who I am. Tell me a story. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the stories that I share is one of my students. She actually found me online during the pandemic and she was a little desperate because she wasn't able to go see her chiropractor anymore. And she'd been relying on weekly visits to her chiropractor to keep her back in order. But of course, as you probably know, as people may know that, you know, what a chiropractor does is wonderful. They click you back into place and realign the system. But then unless you're doing something that keeps the alignment in place, the system will just crack out again. But she was managing by just being put back in. Now, when she found me online, she started doing the yoga and she's still to this day, a student of mine coming with me tw twice a week. She comes to class online and she has not been back to see that chiropractor. She has not need, not needed to go back. Her back is fine. Her back, she sails. She, she's in her 50s, similar age to me. And she, yeah, she's active. She has a desk job. So that's partly why she struggles with back stuff. So she, and she's aware of that. And the yoga has become just her absolute, her, it's given her backbone, really. Yeah, mm. that's, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've seen changes happen to people, and this is one example of that. And Yeah, yeah. I, have, I mean, I have another story of a student of mine. She's been with me for, again, since I opened the studio in Canada here, five years. And about 18 months ago, she came to class. She's in her 70s, and she came to class, and she said, there's something going on with my foot. And I said, well, let's just take a look. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medic. I don't diagnose. I don't go into any story or whatever. So I'm curious. Let's see what's going on there. And for about 
two or three months, we I would give extra modifications. I was using sandbags on the foot. I was using different things that we could do when we were doing foot flexions and foot points. And within that period, the foot started to come back to life. Now, another 70-year-old who's not doing yoga would have had a drop foot that would have just continued being oh, a drop foot. Wow. She got it back. She got it back. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So people are finding results with this and you're a part of it. And you're part of what you do is to share what you're learning, share what you're about with other people. And that's part of why we're here today. So why don't you share with us a little bit about that? You have the joint renewal system. Tell us what that's about and then about how people can find out more about you and get connected with you if they want to learn more about what you're all about and make a connection with you. Okay. The joint renewal system, Brad, that came out of my practice after I lost my child, went to my first yoga class. I then loved yoga. I trained as a yoga instructor. Fast forward 20 years, I hit menopause and I, my joints started aching. That was one of my menopausal symptoms. And I was just desperate because my yoga wasn't working for me anymore. And that was knowing that yoga had been such a lifeline for me, I couldn't give it up. I, so I desperately sought out a different teacher, a different method. And I came across this method called Cayute, that's K-A-I-U-T, and a teacher in Brazil called Francisco Cayute, who's the founder of the method, who used to be a chiropractor, funnily enough. Anyway, he gave me and trained me and gave me this insight into joints. And so with all my other yoga experience, plus what I gained from the Cayute method, I put together this joint renewal system. And for me, the emphasis on the joints rather than stretching, which is what people often associate with yoga, but no, we're not stretching. We're moving the joints, which may incur a slight stretchy sensation, but we're really looking at how does it feel inside the joints? We're applying pressure to the joints because that's what they thrive on and need. And we're applying range of motion activity to the joints. So we're trying to increase the range of motion always in every joint, ankles, knees, hips, shoulders, spine, neck, hands and feet, all the joints in the hands and feet. The, every joint in the body gets a particular emphasis and workout through the whole um, one through 100 class plans that I teach from. Awesome. That sounds like that's an opportunity for folks to get connected with you. If, where can they make that actual connection if they'd like to get connected with you? What website? Yeah, yeah. If they can see the hand up here, sign up here, kathywhiteyoga.com, www.kathywhiteyoga.com. That's Kathy with a K, white with an I, Kathy White Yoga, all one word. And on my homepage, on the front page, there's a free guide that you can download, the three mistakes to avoid when doing yoga over 50. And I think it's a really important thing to read. If you're going to go to a class, you can come to my class. I do have online classes. I also have a membership site. But the first place to start is just sign up with me and then you'll be on my mailing list and I can send you information, promotions that I have, classes that I'm teaching, workshops that I'm giving, sometimes online, sometimes in person. Some awesome insights here and helpful for anyone, particularly people over 50 who are looking to stay vital, healthy and alive and 
go strong. Go strong to the <laughs> run the race to the end and be strong with it. And appreciate your insights. Her name is Kathy White. She's from KathyWhiteYoga.com and she has the joint renewal system. And she's been our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. What an awesome and delightful uh, guest Kathy White is from KathyWhiteYoga.com. She really uh, spoke uh, to me and I believe to many of us who are over 50. I'm 64 myself who uh, realized that, you know, you don't have to give up on physical, physical activity, whether it's yoga or something else. I like to lift weights myself and walk. Whatever you need to do, you need to to do it. She spoke uh, in our episode here today about uh, her journey, really, uh, from grief and suffering to find healing and growth. And and the tool she used was yoga. She shared her personal experiences of yoga being a really positive impact during her darkest hours and how she went on to develop the Joint Renewal System, which you want to check out by going to her website which is designed particularly for people over 50 to improve your physical health. And try to take a peek at that on her website. A couple takeaways from our episode today. First, yoga is a holistic approach to health that can complement your life on the physical realm, the spiritual realm as well, and in your personal uh, daily habits and practices. The second takeaway is that really small amounts of movement can have a big impact on your health and your and your longevity. And another takeaway was find a find a yoga practice that works for you with a teacher who accommodates your individual needs and limitations and can help you. And this particularly is uh, appropriate if you're approaching this as a uh, a person who's over 50, for instance. You can achieve emotional well being and and improve your improve your thinking. And all these things, according to Kathy White. You can find her at kathywhiteyoga.com. Here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast, we're always looking to be helpful to you. We love you. We want to serve you, particularly if you find yourself in a difficult situation. If you find yourself stuck in adversity, we can help. I have a doctorate degree in transformational leadership. And here on Beyond Adversity, uh, we teach and we lead about how there is a process you can use to navigate through adversity and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. And at drbradmiller.com, you could find way over 200 experts who are going to speak to your situation, maybe whether it's depression or divorce, uh, disease perhaps, or maybe financial debt or even death and the loss thereof. We can help you. Just go to our website, drbradmiller.com. And that's also where you could find information about our courses and our coaching. We're here to serve. We love you, and we're here to be uh, about serving you. So check us out at drbradmiller.com. Hope you'll tune in again next time here on the To Be Encouraged on the Beyond Adversity podcast, when we'll have another great guest who will help you to grow through what you go through. Until then, good people, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, 
and purpose.